Welcome to Inspiration Narratives, a short series of conversation highlighting creatives from underrepresented communities. In honoring their work and creativity, we take a deeper dive into the times, moments, and influences that encapsulates why these creatives do what they do, and if, how, and where they use their medium to celebrate the cultures they come from. These are the stories that need to be told. This is Inspiration Narrative. You know, music for me was always the backdrop of me growing up. I come from a big family, you know, like 16 of us. Both of my parents um, were in in the ministry. My father was a pastor, my mother was a missionary, and also um, became, you know, a minister as well. So it was, you know, music was always happening. Um, but one of the big things was my grandfather ran a drum and bugle corps and, you know, he used to be a police officer, but he didn't feel like his work as a police officer was actually, you know, um, really helping the youth, um, and, and, you know, in a major way. I mean, I come from Ferguson, um, obviously Ferguson is in the news now, or it's been, it was in the news a lot, um, but. My family grew up in a city called Kenlock, which was another version of Black Wall Street, but in St. Louis. So, you know, it was a big deal for, you know, police officers, anybody who had any kind of influence. My grandfather didn't feel that his influence was strong enough, so he wanted to do music. So he started the Drum and Bugle Corps, and that helped thousands and thousands of kids. So all of his grandkids, we all had to learn how to play. We didn't even have a choice. So from the age of six to like 18, we had to play and march and figure out how to make music. <laughs> and, you know, that's what got me started. But it was the kind of music that we played, which was traditionally black music. Um, we played Count Basie, we played, you know, Miles Davis music, we played, you know, Quincy Jones music. And just the beauty in that, and just hearing my grandfather talk about music, because they had a quartet group, him and his brothers used to go travel, always made me want to tour, always made me want to, you know, to learn. Um, you know, and he would tell me about Winston Marcellus back in the day, which is crazy, but it was actually Winston Marcellus and, and you know, certain people. Um, so when I had the opportunity to get a trumpet, you know, that changed me. Um, I started really like, um, you know, listening to, to Miles Davis, to different people. And I started literally on tape decks transcribing and learning what they were playing. I wasn't taking any lessons per se. I was listening and just trying to grow and trying to get the vocabulary, you know, um, just trying to extract everything I possibly could from, you know, each recording, each tape that my mom would bring me. Um, she would go to the store and bring stuff back like Maynard Ferguson. She'd come bring bring me stuff like, you know, Miles Davis' Birth of the Cool. She had no idea what she was giving me, but she was changing my life when she was doing that. Um, but, you know, from the beginnings, I always knew um, that I wanted to be in music as a professional. It was either going to do music or I was going to do, you know, work in the field like genetics or something like that, one or the other. Um, obviously, music took precedent. But just the influence of my family, um, my family support for music, all kinds, not just, you know, gospel, hip-hop, R&B, everything. You know, we listen to everything. I had so many siblings who had their own interests that I was into all of them. You know, the horn is the thing that really got me going from the age of 12 
like 17, you know, I'd be out in front porch, you know, practicing 12 and 13 hours a day, me on my porch. Um, and people, you know, to this day, you know, they hit me up on Facebook and ask me <laughs> to pay them for disturbing them, which is funny. Um, but anyway, this music has been in my heart for as long as I can remember. There was never really a time that it wasn't. It was always me trying to grow and do more with it versus it not being there. I always knew that I would be a professional musician and that's where I am today. I guess it's great to hear like that, how much your family influenced you getting into it and even supporting it. And even, I guess you could say like, from what I just listened to, the moment that kind of confirms you doing it is even, or the moments are like those Facebook moments when people hit you up and ask you to come and play and disturb them. I, I like how you spun that there. I think something that's important and pivotal, does your, your music, like you using your medium as a musician, like do you celebrate your blackness that way? And then also, right, like if you are celebrating your blackness, what, what is the experience like being, black creative in the music industry my whole existence celebrates blackness especially you know the music that i make um first of all because i'm black that's the only thing i've ever known um and you know just the way i see the world is from you know a black man black experience from whatever it is the the the, 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 the swagger of being black the the um the experience of being black, the, the the negative experiences of being black, you know, um, being profiled, of being um, also celebrated, also being, you know, that type of person who can create something out of nothing. Um, I definitely celebrate, you know, being black and being, um, using that as to my advantage versus it being something that holds me back. Everything I write, is from that experience. It's a, it's a very honest approach. Um, it's about what I see. I'm an artist. So, you know, like, um, you know, Nina Simone said, our job is to create um, narratives about what's going on in time, you know, what's going on right now, you know, with respect of what happened in the past. So, you know, really taking all of my experiences, you know, from, you know, my ancestors to me now, you know, being one of those people who influences others. I have to be very honest and very, very focused. So my blackness is always on front street. It's always 100% who I am. I can't even deny it. And I would never. So it is my, you know, pleasure to do music and to do art and be, you know, taken care of. And that be, you know, my instrument to the world. Like I'm really, really, you know, blessed and proud to say that, that I wear it on my sleeve daily. Um, the second side of your question, as <laughs> you say it like that, is a multifaceted, you know, process. Because in everything, you know, you want you want your project to be heard, you want people to see it, you want people to feel it, you want people to have access to you. Um, but you want that to also be um, you want a career, you don't want to just do things and that's just what it is. So how do you, you know, keep keep your career going? How do you keep your business going? How do you run a business? And that takes so many different people, so many different... I mean, my parents used to tell me that since you're Black, you have to do things, you know, so much better because, you know, the average person 
um, maybe the average white person, the average person will have, you know, they can just show up and they can be themselves. But you have to show up and you have to be, um, you have to be able to appreciate the double standard that comes with you. Um, you have to be twice as good or better. You have to be twice as thoughtful. Um, you have to actually, you know, smile when you don't want to. Because if you don't, maybe they think you're violent. Maybe they think you, I don't know, you're angry is, is the word. Um, or when people, you know, they might tell you that, you know what, you speak really well as though you are, I don't know, maybe a different kind of species or something as if you shouldn't speak well. So um, there's so many different things that you have to look at and, you know, be prepared for as a, as a, as a black person running the business. Um, you have to, you definitely have to be, you know, on top of your game um, more than anything. And after you're on top of your game, you have to perform and be consistent. And, you know, I feel like at this point, um, I'm really, you know, really embarking on that and, you know, doing so, I, I feel some successes. I feel, you know, blessed that I'm able to continue it and to, to, to grow my business and to, to grow my relationships. Um, it is a process daily you know, to keep it going and to envision, um, you know, what's next, what's in, what's next in the stars, what's the next project, what's the next um, thing, because, you know, everybody's looking for the next, so you got to be prepared, and it has to be something special that can be talked about and, and championed, so, um, but at the same time, for me, with that in mind, it's like, how can you remain honest and tell the story of who you really are, so, you know, trying to keep the business intact, trying to keep the, the art intact is a, is a process that is a daily struggle. It's a daily triumph as well. Um, but at the same time, how do you remain hopeful in spite of all of the other shit that's out of your control? You know, I'll remain black and all of that. What is your what are your thoughts um, when you think about everything that you just kind of shared uh, as far as how you come into um, pursuing music just in general and then ascension to becoming a professional in the space. Um, and then even from that point to where you are now, what are your thoughts on the current state of black creatives and music and even black creative entrepreneurs and business people that are starting at platforms and recording platforms and stuff like that? Like what is your, your, your state on the, what are your thoughts on the current state of, of black music and uh, music creatives and the music industry? My current thoughts um, in the state of, you know, the, the black creative space, whether that be apps, whether that be, you know, creating music or, or the visual, I think it's vibrant and I think it is very, very, um, it's beautiful. Black is beautiful and so is, you know, the, the creative spirit and energy behind it. Um, seeing some of the, you know, amazing things that are happening is, is amazing. You know, what I don't like is, you know, I mean, I know my parents taught me another thing. There's nothing positive you can say about something. You know what, maybe keep it to yourself. So, because you end up, you know, um, you know, confusing people or you either end up setting yourself against people. So I think we are better served together than separate. So, you know, if my brother is, you know, creating, you know, a platform and I can help, be that person that helps. Don't be that person who tries to destroy that person. And it becomes the crate and the barrel 
you know, mentality over and over again. Or the, the Uncle Tom syndrome where you got one person on the top looking down at everybody else and, you know, telling them what they can't do, what, what, they, what they shouldn't do, um, and not really believing and basically not having faith in the brother. Um, ultimately, I think um, the state could be beautiful and it can be better if we came together even more and appreciated versus hated in music, you know. There's so many, like I, I love what Robert Glasper is doing, Kumasi, Terrence Martin, Marcus Strickland, um, Bilal, Big Crit, you know, uh, everybody. Um, I, I really appreciate what, what's happening. Farrell Munch, you know, some of my collaborators um, on how we come together and we can, we can make art, we can make statements, or we can, you know, employ people and, you know, change lives. I, I think that's a beautiful thing. And as well as all of the other creatives, the visual artists, the, you know, the, the tech people, it, it's, it's a blessing to see the opportunity. I'm, I'm looking forward to collaborating with, with many of, you know, other disciplines to create, you know, uh, multidisciplinary works in the future. I really think it's, it, it's a special time right now. Um, and I think the accessibility of the internet just makes it even easier for us to see the beauty that happens, you know, day in and day out. Um, to see people taking nothing and making it, you know, overflowing. You know, shout out to Jay-Z being the first, you know, African-American hip-hop billionaire, you know. Um, give me some of that. Or actually, I'll work for it. Whatever. Anyway, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a process. And I'm, you know... I'm I'm happy to see that you know when you see when you see a a a, a monument and I look at Jay Z as a monument for success you know you 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 have a little bit more um, faith that you know what he did it I can do it so I personally would love to be that kind of you know bit, um person for somebody else I hope I can get to that level because it's, it's brilliant inspiration is the highest form of humanity. And, you know, to see people doing it, to see black people doing it is, is really special. And, you know, I'd rather that than us, you know, gunning each other down or pulling each other down, um, talking about each other. Or, you know, if I don't like what you're doing, all of a sudden it's not good enough. No, that's not true. It's just your preference. Um, so, you know, I'd rather that we all work together to create, you know, something that's, that's even more um, thoughtful, even more. Um, love-based, um, you know, in whatever discipline it is that we come together and do more together and show the world the importance of the Black experience and the Black arts and the Black um, experience in America and all over the world. This is Inspiration Narrative, an Age of the Creative original.